Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Peter Coghill and Nick here of Aleph Insights. And this week, we're talking about why there are still idiots. Um, who should I go to? Peter. Peter, yes. <laughs> Peter's the biggest idiot. Right, go to Peter. Okay, right, so we, not yeah, that we're calling, not, not, not we're calling this gentleman an idiot, but the, the story just happened to make me think. Uh, I think we're about to call question. this someone an idiot. But yeah, go on, we're we're strongly inferring that he's an idiot, um, yeah. that we think he's an idiat, but we're not yeah. actually calling him an idiot. So uh, in the news, was it last week, I think, um, there was a, a congress, congressional hearing in the United States uh, that was uh, with the, the US Forestry Service uh, and it yeah. was touching on subjects like climate change. And uh, Republican Senator, is he a senator? Is he, or is he a, He's uh, a, he is a, a congressman. Sorry. Congressman, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Republican Congressman Louis Gormert, Gomer. Gomer? Gomer. Yeah, great name. Suggest, um, followed the idea, well, is there any way we could change the orbit of the moon? <laughs> To to um, could the yeah could the U.S. Forestry Service look into changing the orbit of the moon to uh, somehow um, avert yeah. climate change? Yeah. Now he's not wrong in the sense that the moon and indeed the orbit of the Earth around the sun have a profound effect on uh, the climate. They do. Um, uh, but and altering them probably would may you know if we could do such, in such a controlled way may it may 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 have a positive effect on climate change. But notwithstanding the fact that the moon is bloody massive, right? It's quite and big, isn't it? Would take mm. quite a lot of energy and technology in order to affect any change on it whatsoever. Yeah. So well, that's just a step away from a give me a big enough fulcrum. But um, yeah, but yeah, go on. Sorry, Peter. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're not wanted to call him an idiot, but this story no, just no. sort of prompted in my mind. Well. How do people who have such a fundamental lack of understanding about the world, uh, why do they still exist? You know, why, why, why is sort of evolution or our own kind of um, cultural uh, bi- uh, preferences weaned them out of existence? And yeah. indeed, yeah, why? You know, this guy's a congressman, right? So they, they exactly only, that's the second part. Yeah, yeah. They're not only do they. Um, still around but they thrive and they, they get thrive. to senior positions in politics and business and everything else so yeah what was up with that i mean you know um given that you know you are, you are if you picked a random person on the street and said do you think we should try and move the moon to combat climate change they'd probably go you're you're totally barking mad I'm not... I'm not as optimistic as you Peter I think a lot of people might say yeah we'll give it a go Let's yeah give go it a go okay it. fair enough but yeah so, but why, why why is it that in our what we think what we like to think is uh, our societies are you know the American the Western European and Amer- American societies are and across the world are largely sort of meritocratic and um, you know we, we generally try to find the best and the brightest to, to lead us and to to, to you know be in charge of us why 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 can how can this uh, yeah uh, yeah i don't even <laughs> right <laughs> yeah this is a tricky one isn't it um yeah is there, well, is, there is there really i suppose 
is there some evolutionary yeah. purpose for idiots that we've overlooked that we're overlooking mm. or well uh, is there some driver phrase. that means that they still exist and that that you know why, why well do we I, I just i think i want to say something about this okay it the range of intelligence among humans is very low compared to the level of intelligence among humans right so this guy can still probably drive a car and pick things up yeah um humans are the stupidest human is phenomenally intelligent compared to an ant or Mm. even you know a chimpanzee so let's not the evolution has already weeded out uh you know selected for intelligence so let's not you know this guy might look a bit stupid with some of his beliefs compared to i dare say even the likes of you fraser but um but he uh but he's still very intelligent compared to a block of wood so you know let's get this in perspective i i was interested in whether or not so now look and i'm going to apologize now for you for the trouble is that that Measuring whether someone's an idiot isn't very easy, right? It's not really a kind of yeah, we need to define it, right? It. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. so I have looked at some studies, but they are about IQ. Now that is very different. I'm not saying that low IQ equals you know you being an idiot, right? It's that, I'm not saying that. Um, very different things, but it is measurable, right? And it's measurable and it's meaningful uh, IQ. So we can sort of ask the question of well. Is, is Peter right? Does I does IQ, does your general level of intelligence um, correlate with, you know, outcomes? Is it negatively correlated? Are stupid people more likely to get up, you know? And the evidence is, okay, so broadly that it, it actually does correlate with all kinds of um, beneficial life outcomes. So, you know, there's a very strong correlation between IQ and academic achievement. Um, uh, if you look at... Um, the intelligence of practitioners in different fields, uh, prestige of those fields as as perceived by people uh, correlates with the average intelligence of practitioners. It correlates a bit with job performance. Um, It uh, correlates with income, but not that significantly. Mm. Um, But it also uh, affects your probability of dropping out of school, becoming dependent on welfare, having accidents even, Mm. your probability of falling into criminality. Um, I mean, Peter's perception aside, in general, intelligence is correlated with with better outcomes in life. Okay, so intelligence works in that regard. Hmm. That so I just it's I thought it was worth worth mentioning. But then, even within those any of those fields, within any kind of outcome, you're going to find extreme. You're going to find a lot of variance. So you know. Uh, looking at the, the 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 profession with the highest average um, IQ of practitioners is uh, medicine, so mm. you know MDs that kind of thing. The the profession with the lowest average IQ is uh, janitors, right? Mm. On average, now, mm. but the lowest IQ among the medics that were measured in this study is lower than the highest IQ among the janitors. So there is more, you know, variance within than there is between, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there we are. Just throwing that out there. So the point is, yes, you you can find you on average, you will, the doctors are going to be, you know, smarter, cleverer, mm. however you want to say it. 
but you're still going to find some very intelligent janitors and some and some not particularly intelligent doctors. What do you think of that? Interesting <laughs> points. Not sure what to do with those. Well, I, I suppose what I'm saying is not the it's not the be all and end all intelligence. It's important. Clearly, it maybe is. there's also I don't want to fixate too much on the example that we gave. I think it's interesting that he's a politician. Um, yeah, and then, then I think we need to cover that issue. Let's let's call this for a moment being stupid what this guy said right let's call it that for a moment mm. how much of a hindrance how important is 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 that so so for example you know being maybe he's an amazing communicator he's a great I mean, he's got lots of charisma well, he maybe might know very, loads yeah. about economics for all of you yeah know, he might be great at balancing budgets well i was gonna i was gonna you mention know. i mean it's a literary example so it's fictional but uh, yeah. um uh, sherlock holmes i don't know if this is from the original book but it was it's definitely in the modern tv series with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch um, mm. he he was surprised to find out when told that the earth was round was it was a sphere um, mm. or, it was some, or some other very fundamental thing that everybody kind of knows uh, and Watson and other characters were sort of making the fun out of him and but his excuse was well it wouldn't make any difference to anything I do whether it's mm. flat or round uh, I still know lots of other stuff about loads yeah, of other yeah. things. Yeah, it's interesting actually that uh, Conan Doyle ch- changed his description of Sherlock Holmes as the books went on. In the first book, which I think is Study in Scarlet, um, it says that he's like completely ignorant about physics and astronomy mm. and that kind of mm. stuff. But later on, he becomes a bit more superhuman. I think he becomes slightly more, mm. you know, streamlined into a, a bit of a caricature of a guy who just basically knows everything about everything. Um, uh, possibly because it was judged to feel a bit implausible um, mm. that you could that you could get through life with such knowledge gaps, and I and I I I don't think I haven't found a study looking at this, but but you know I it feels to me that yes, it's possible that you might have someone who um, you know is very astute in forming judgments in about you know cars or um, or construction or uh, forestry uh, and to have a you know infant infantile understanding of astronomy i just think it's a bit unlikely because mm. i i think you know mm. and based on the studies that have been done that these things do all correlate with one another that it, you know it, the same sorts of skills that you would use to form beliefs about one field if you're good at doing that you ought you know ought, ought to lead you to forming true or plausible beliefs about other fields yeah and you're more and they're sort of um like if you take the forestry person you know they'll assuming they're they're a top-notch forester they'll they're, you know they'll have pondered like well the trees are being held down by gravity so how does gravity work and they'll their models for how their little forestry world works are the same fundamental models that govern the things but in astronomy. So if they've paused to wonder how gravity works even for a minute, you realise that a disk Earth doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and that, and that you, you you know, I'm th- we're making, we're, we're hypothesising what might be going through the head of a forestry <laughs> expert here, but the, where does a tree come from? If mm. they've wondered that, they might discover that a tree was made of carbon, which had been largely captured from the air, and then realise that there's such a thing as conservation of mass, and that... Mm more mass equals harder to move and the moon is not 
I know it looks small, but that's because it's a far, it's far away, <laughs> very, and, very and it's far actually away. quite massive yeah. and would require yeah. a large amount of energy. In the, in the same way that trees look far away, it looks small when they're far away. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You could extrapolate from there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I, I am not. Um, I know it's sometimes used as a defence of people who have silly beliefs in one area that you know. Well, they but they're really really good at something else. I'm not sure I'm buying it. I'm not. I, I would be. I'm surprised. I would be surprised if that was true because you know, as I said, the skills that you're using to acquire beliefs um, are common between subject areas. Hey, listen. Um, yeah. Just something that occurred to me, which is that um, again, people who are not the most intelligent, and it, you know, is, how do we measure that? What does that mean, etc. Fine. But one of the things that often makes them not so intelligent is they don't realise that they're not very intelligent. Um, the good old yeah. Dunning-Kruger effect. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how clever this guy thinks he is, um, you know, with the moon ideas, um, Louis. And if he now looks back at that and goes, oh, my God, what was I thinking? Um, or, or does he does he go, yeah, of course, Lord, let's let's make it happen. You know, that kind of can-do spirit. Um, but also, do they, you know, I think we're actually sort of being a bit um, sneery about this. And I think, you know, I think you two, you know, you're clever guys, right? It's very easy to look around and sort of see stupidity. So uh, what's my question? My question is, well, what are those people? What do the idiots think of you? <laughs> I don't know. Presuming you're, you know, you're in a separate, you're, in a, you're partitioned off from them. What do they think of you? Um, and do they just think you're really bad at football? Why can't, why are you so bad at football? Why can't you, you know, why can't you pick up girls in a better way? I mean, are, are these are these themselves well, I mean, idiotic so, questions? So the, so the fact that a, var a variation exists in intelligence, right? The fact that it isn't fatal to have low IQ mm. shows you that you know there is there must be a survival tolerance, and that you know low IQ can be compensated for by other things. You know, as mm. you say, by ability to play football or um, you know physical strength or lots of other things that are actually that are actually important. You know, it's not it's not the most important thing in the world. Uh, if it was, we would all have, you know, been selected for. Look, it's a bit like, you know, human um, height does not vary very much. Right. It's not you don't generally get people who are sort of a foot tall and people who are 30 foot tall, mm. um, which suggests that there is actually you know, that there is a, quite a significant advantage to being more or less exactly the height we are um, because it, we've been selected for that. You know, and that, but the fact that you there is variation also tells you that there are there are going to be some advantages to being at either end of that spectrum. Um, you know, I, I mean, so are we getting on. close? Are we closer than we would imagine to that podcast episode we did on opposites, right? Where we think stupid and clever they're opposites, but actually they're just on a scale. And yeah, we're you, really it's actually kind of relatively really incredibly close. clever. Yeah, incredibly clever versus actually just really surprisingly clever. Um, and and we're ranking them. But yeah. actually, if we were to think about the absolute level of cleverness, it, yeah. that variation is tiny. And also, actually, you know, I mean, someone stupid and someone clever, they're very much closer to each other than a plank of wood, right? I mean, that, right. that sort of thing. You know. Well, there are some people I went to university <laughs> with who... Yeah, um, yeah, I feel like the conversation would be better with a plank of wood. No, I think I, there are, I think, but I, I think this leads us on to, are there, what are those potential advantages, right? And I think there are some, there are some advantages. Right. Let's, let's, first of all, now the evidence is a bit mixed, but 
when it comes to abstract beliefs, I'm not talking about beliefs about stuff you know about, like, you know, your house and your kids and that kind of stuff or, or, or your job. Right. But abstract political beliefs, like believing that, you know, what we ought to do about homelessness or something. Uh, there is um, there is very mixed evidence, not particularly good evidence that um, clever people are uh, likely to form true or false beliefs than uh, less intelligent people. You know, there, there, there is some evidence that um, IQ correlates with centrism. There's also mm. evidence that IQ correlate or having a very high IQ correlates with having extreme political views, which is speculates to why that might be. Um, mm. But there's also there's been studies which show that um, intelligent people find it easier to to um, marshal uh, marshal evidence in support of something they believe whether it's right or wrong and yeah. and are therefore less likely to be challenged by new information so contradictory information is is easier for intelligent people to explain away mm. um so the intelligent people are more actually less likely to be persuaded by evidence yeah, more likely to be crystallized um, in their beliefs yeah um and then i think there's other things you talked about the dunning kruger effect which is really quite popular it's been i mean i've seen it on the internet a lot in the last few years i don't know if that was correlated with any political events happening in the us but uh the uh the, the so this is the phenomenon for anyone who doesn't know that um if you are uh if you know very little about something yeah. the tendency is for you to greatly overestimate your level of ability at it um, and as you learn more or become more able at that skill or learn more about that field, uh, you learn that you actually are much worse at it than you thought you were. Right. Mm. So you sort of realize how little, you know, and you get more accurate at assessing how relatively good you are. And then when you get really, really good at something that you gradually become actually also very good at appraising how good you are relative to, you know, uh, all the accomplishments on that field. The upshot is that um, people who think they're really good at something are either really good at it or really mm. terrible at it. Yeah. So, so um, now why why aren't the people who are terrible being being screened out? Well, I think this is where you know there's an information asymmetry problem, which is that you can't always tell, and this is particularly key when it comes to politics, which is about persuasion and confidence to some extent. Um, People believe confident people. Mm. We don't. People's expressed level of confidence um, is is we treat it as evidence that they're right. Okay, so that that together, you take the Dunning Kruger effect and this confidence issue tells you that well, you're in any population of people who seem very plausible and seem expert mm. is probably going to consist of people who really are. Mm. And people who just think they are and are, yeah. and, are, and are blowing their own trumpet. So, so I think in that regard, you know, there is a, 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 a there is a benefit to being um, a nincompoop because yeah. you, you probably don't you probably go well, around telling everyone that you know 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 everything about it. Yeah, and are more that, likely to succeed than someone who knows a bit about yeah, it. Yeah, and I suspect. I mean, I've got no evidence for this, but I just posit an idea that if if you're if you're extremely intelligent and you're extremely sort of well educated, so you know lots of stuff as well, um, I would have I would imagine that that the sort of in the the internal dialogue that you have with yourself about any given action is more is likely to make you less risk averse, and there's definite advantage in in risk taking, 
in 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 not just in evolutionary terms, but also in 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 in, in some fields. And politics is one. You 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 the, mm. the successful politicians uh, often go out on a limb on a particular uh, popular uh, uh, um, uh, manifesto and get traction on that and then you know i'm thinking of the nigel farage right so most successful politician of the 20th century 21st (laughs) century he got that the one thing done that he get banging on about um yeah and that's and that's a big political risk right i think i think i want to put some flesh on that a bit Uh, just sort of this is it's i think an, an issue of um a survivorship bias right which is that Let's assume, let's assume that high variance risks um, are worse on average. Mm. Like you, you probably rather take a small, more certain gain than a take a high variance risk, right? In general, um, avoiding risk is often the sensible thing to do because you don't want to mm. run the risk of ruin. You know, um, so let's say that smarter people take fewer risks as peter says well you're going to find that the ranks of the extreme losers and the ranks of the extreme winners are going to be uh filled with um with you know the 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 people who weren't smart enough to avoid those risks so you know in other words the sensible thing to do is not to play the lottery we know all that every pound you spend on a lottery you're losing 50p but lottery winners are all going to be drawn from the ranks of people who don't know that and think playing the lottery is a sensible thing to do. Um, And and I guess that's the same with, you know, the sensible thing to do is not to flunk out of school and start a rock band. We all know that. But, you know, the successful rock stars are the ones who did that. Mm. Um, So I think this is a key, a a big big issue we're not seeing. On the spectrum of human success, the bright people are all in the middle. And then the stupid yeah. people are at the extremes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I yeah, think, yeah. you you know, you probably can't, you, you're not going to get, you can't have an intelligent Donald Trump because an intelligent Donald Trump wouldn't have done that in the first place. They wouldn't mm. have tried to run for president. They said, they would have said, well, that probably won't work. Yeah. I'll go and, uh, you know, I'll go and set up a business selling planks or something. Um, look, just going a couple of points back and then there's something I want to wind up on, which is, I mean, I, maybe we've kind of covered it there, but it's, you know, about leadership as well, right? Where, mm. you know, there we all are sitting in the trench about to go over the top and you go to your captain, whatever, go, is this going to be all right? You don't want your captain to say, well, you know, Germany's got this sort of long industrial um, heritage and they're very disciplined and I give us about a three in five chance or something like that. But, you know, you're you're quite weak. You pro- No, you want to, let's go get them. We're going to win. Yeah. You know, that, that that's kind of what you want. Um, right, I've got a question. Um, unless there's anything you want to give us a nod if there's anything else. I think um, so. No, okay. So, question. Um, what's the most idiotic thing that you have ever said or done or thought? I, I, I mean, I'm, there's a litany of them. Um, I, it's just a matter of trying to think of a kind of good one. Well, I've got one. It's not very exciting, but it was sort of mortifyingly embarrassing at the time. Perfect. Brilliant. That's what we want. So... Um, <laughs> This was relatively early on in my career, uh, and to uh, protect my, uh, my, my to protect me a bit, I won't say which job it was, but I was given a task to pick up some work that somebody had was struggling with and really dropped the ball on. Yeah. Um, and Nick, not again. Nick, not again. Yeah. So basically, I was, I was writing a report, and we were trying to collate some evidence about this. These sort of uh, 
they, 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 in this report there were various sort of statements and assumptions that had been made but the, the author hadn't recorded or hadn't backed up any of this, these statements with any kind of evidence um which was a problem in this organization because the whole point of this report was to provide a sort of evidence catalog for why why we were making these recommendations so anyway i was given this task to pick this task up and i was given a small team of people to sort of work with unbeknownst to me one of those people was actually the original author of the paper <laughs> uh, and so they were so they were already slightly dis slightly sort of set back because they were be they were being kind of overridden by somebody um and my approach was incredibly ill thought out and i sort of basically at every turn i was picking holes in in this paper but in a very unsympathetic way and uh, was getting... it's almost inconceivable that peter should behave like that <laughs> yeah. <It's>, uh... <laughs> so i was basically just being incredibly rude about somebody's work that was inadequate but i should have handled it much differently you know and had i twigged the fact that this person was on was in the team i would have been i would have handled it yeah. much more differently and when i when i when it when when they came to me and said oh by the way you're being very rude about this thing i've done i was utterly mortified i didn't realize uh, uh, until that point I, I thought it was somebody else um, um so yeah so if you're going to be rude check that they're not in the check. room right yeah <laughs> precisely the same thing happened in uh one of my favorite books lucky jim um to 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 the lecturer in that anyway nick I'm really struggling to think of. I, I know I've done lots of stupid things, but I can't. I don't think I. I don't, I'm not sure any of them are. I'll I'll list some of mine. Newsworthy and see if it inspires you. I remember as a teenager, I was on a holiday. I was on an exchange trip in Germany, and they asked me what the population of my town was. Um, and I said I thought it was. I thought about it. I said I think it's about a thousand people. Um, <laughs> and I was 15 at the time. And um, everyone was laughing because it turned out all the, it, it was interesting. It was all I was with a, a swimming club. What town were we talking about here? Um, it's, it was it was London. London. No, it was <laughs> it was no, it was Bedford, um, which is approximately hundred thousand, maybe seventy thousand. I yeah. don't know. And it turns out all, but it was a very German thing. All the families, host families, had been asking all my friends, you know, what's the population of your town? And we'd all said to varying degrees, but everyone was super laughing at this other person who said two thousand. And so I didn't mention that I had answered that it was a thousand. What else? I didn't quite understand at school that the person who taught me, who was Dr. So-and-so, I didn't quite understand. I didn't get that he wasn't a medical doctor. I thought he was a medical doctor who kind of found his way into teaching. And I was I was probably old enough to sort of, that I should have understood this. Um, all my examples, of course, are a long, long, long time ago because, you know, I've left. You've never done anything people. stupid for Yeah, years. exactly. Yeah. yeah um doing stupid stuff i mean just the list is endless unfortunately um yeah i'm not sure if it's such a good question actually i don't know yeah i don't think i it's hard really hard to come up with a good answer i i suspect that i've blotted out some of the most yeah. embarrassing I think stupid I, I, things that i've done i think there are there's sort of you have neurological machinery which deliberately makes you forget bad things that you've done to paint yourself well, like, in a more positive right. light so that you're not held down so you probably assimilate lessons but the the cause is sort of erased from your memory so that you don't forever mm. dwell on it i think that's a kind of an important part of how the only way to works. stay sane yeah yes, the only way to, to stay sane. So because otherwise you, you remember yeah. you sort of com, 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 continually sort of ruminate on these errors you've made and not make any progress 
quite. And actually, two things, and this brings us back around nicely, because one, if we were, if I was to ask you that same question now about what's the most stupid thing you've ever seen someone do or heard, we'd have loads of examples, right? Mm. Uh, but also, if we had Mr. Louis Gomer on here and we said, what's the most stupid thing you've ever said? He probably wouldn't say this. I mean, or, or he well, would go, we, well... We, he said, well, I had good reasons for thinking that. Or no, it's actually, if you think about, I don't know, some sort of justification, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, to be fair to him and to make a general point, um, a lot, often visionaries, you know, people who are way ahead of their time are laughed at, you know, when they, yeah. they're treated with ridicule. Um, and often expert consensus will turn out to be wrong. And yeah. we don't know that in 100 years' time, we might not be flinging the moon around to try and fix, right. you know, yeah. Uh, climate change I, I i don't know i mean so, yeah look at jesus when he said look i can walk on water hey no one believed him and and, and also when he said look, i'm going to turn this uh water into wine and uh you know and, and lo and behold he did yeah so this guy's a bit like jesus is what exactly is maybe what you're saying exactly yeah. that exactly yeah. right let's let's stop for thought there yeah <laughs> um we'll wrap up there as always thanks for listening if you've got any thoughts or suggestions for topics, you can uh, email us at podcast at We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you've enjoyed the podcast, Nick, uh, what should you do? Don't be stupid. Like and subscribe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, as always. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Peter Coggle and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And until next time, goodbye.